0: Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got a great guest today. And if you're looking for a shot of enthusiasm after a long work day, this person has it for you. It's Kara Veer. And Kara is the president of the Battle Creek Area Chamber of Commerce. And even though a lot of her focus is on Battle Creek, we're going to talk about business throughout Michigan and how chambers may work. Kara, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you today, Tony?
0: I'm doing well. A long time no see. It seems like I see you once a week. That's a good thing.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm keeping you busy. That's for sure, aren't I, Tony?
0: All right. Tell us a little bit about the Battle Creek Chamber, how many members you have, you. and what you folks do.
1: The Battle Creek Area Chamber of Commerce is 600 members. That is businesses that are doing business in and around Battle Creek in the greater Battle Creek area. For those of you who don't know, Battle Creek is about 53,000 in the city of Battle Creek, and it represents the largest Chamber of Commerce in Calhoun County. Calhoun County represents about 124,000 people. Our industries, they vary from large manufacturing down to mom and pop businesses. So majority of our members here at the Chamber of Commerce are one to four employees, lots of family-owned generational businesses that are here, You have small and light manufacturing. You also have large manufacturing here. For those of you who don't know much about Battle Creek, you can also say that we're home of Tony the Tiger Kellogg, as well as other cereal facilities here, such as Post. So still going very strong in the cereal production here, but also food and industry.
0: Cara, when you talk with other chamber presidents throughout the state, what are they telling you about the state of Michigan business?
1: So, you know, the state of Michigan businesses, the workforce is always a struggle. Folks are trying to do more work with less people population wise. We just don't have the numbers that we need to do all of the jobs that are available. So, you see companies that have mass amounts of openings, but also you have people who have never tapped into different workforce and work categories doing so. You know, we're growing in talent we do have worker shortage. And that is definitely what we're hearing from all of our folks.
0: Carol, why aren't people coming back to work in Michigan? Before COVID, business was strong, workforce was strong. We had COVID, obviously. A lot of folks were given money not to come back to work. Mm -hmm. Where are all those people and why aren't they coming back to work?
1: Truthfully, Tony, it's not that they're not coming back to work. We have folks that retired. That you have workplace fatigue, but also you have people who are at that age of almost retirement. And so we just don't have the population like we used to for the workforce and the needs. And so there are a lot of people still in the workforce, and there are still a lot of people coming into the workforce. We just don't have as many that were there because your baby boomers are retiring. People are of retirement age. And so you have folks that just don't have it. But I mean, we have fields that definitely have a worker shortage. Education, we can't find enough teachers, people to drive buses and school buses. We have nursing that we've got a shortage there. So, you know, there is definitely a shortage of certain fields, but we also just don't have the population like we used to that as of workplace age.
0: All right. So I've got an easy question for you. What's the solution to try and find more workers?
1: You know, I think that you're going to see a lot of AI come in, artificial intelligence. You're going to see more automated in regards to manufacturing. I think that we're going to have to really diversify to be successful in what we do. And that's not saying that I want to, or that I'm saying that we're going to be turned into a completely automated workforce. We have to be able to do the jobs that need to be done. And we have to be creative in how we do those to accomplish what we need. And so what does that look like? Is it people working more than one full-time job? Is it more multiple part-time jobs? Is it different fields? Is it more automation? Work smarter, not harder? And really looking at how do we accomplish all of those things?
0: we're talking with Kara Beer who is the president of the Battle Creek Area Chamber of Commerce Kara when we come back from break I want to talk to you a little bit about teachers and what we could do to get more of them back into the workforce this is media business i'm Tony Connolly and this is the Michigan Business Network Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Kira Beer, who is the president of the Battle Creek Chamber of Commerce. We're talking about education and trying to get teachers back into the mix. And Kira, how are we going to change the culture? This almost seems like it's beyond business, beyond the media. This is a culture thing. Back in the day, if there was an issue with me or my friends, a teacher would make a phone call to the parents or talk to a coach, and that would really get me back in line if I had an issue. Now, as opposed to just teaching a subject, these teachers have to focus on behavioral stuff or trying to catch kids up and whatnot. Is there an answer for that?
1: You know, I struggle with this one because of the fact that, you know, there are states, not Michigan that expect our teachers to solve these problems and these social issues and getting them up to speed let's face it as a nation covid really hurt our educational talents that we have our students are behind they're trying to catch up they weren't in the classrooms we're relying on our teachers to not only be teachers but social workers and making sure that students are eating making sure students are studying making sure that they're able to take a test making sure that They aren't being seen as a bad teacher if they aren't hitting the grades or making the mark. We know as a nation, our test scores are down. As a nation, we don't have the readership. We don't have mathematical attainment. We don't have those things. And so we're expecting our teachers to do that a lot. So as a society, we need to be looking at how do we help our own students? How do we help our school districts? As business owners, how do we help prepare these students so that they can be the best that they can be, but also giving those teachers the opportunity and the resources to do so.
0: Here I have a son who's in college and he had a couple of friends who went to college and they didn't really care for it. So they're back in the workforce, but they're doing, I don't know, $10, $15 an hour jobs. And I keep thinking, is there a way to get these kids to understand that If you didn't want to go to college and you really want to find a good gig, a good job, whether it's plumbing or being an electrician or all these great factory jobs that are starting at 25 bucks an hour along with insurance and you get a bonus, how do we get the word out to these kids?
1: You know, that really is a great way to talk about skilled workforce. The skilled workforce is a definite path that I wish more people would take. Like you talked about with you know your son's friends that are kind of trying to figure out what they want to be in life, the apprenticeship programs and the number of workforces that are creating apprenticeship programs to teach them the skills that they need. Here at KCC, which is Kellogg Community College, we offer the RMTC program, which is a great apprenticeship program and getting in and learning those skills, working with those manufacturers to learn that. Let's face it, people need to understand that manufacturing from fifty years ago is a lot different than what manufacturing is today. It's not as dirty as people think it was. It's not a bad job. It is a great gig. You should really think about those types of things. But what we have is is we have some of those parents that are working in that manufacturing setting that are wanting more for their kids. And so really being able to showcase what that is. Manufacturing Day, which is a national day that talks about what manufacturing is, is coming up. We need more parents to be involved to be active in learning more about manufacturing. I mean, HVAC systems, we need folks to be involved in the skilled trades because we have a shortage. All of these jobs are well-paying jobs. And if you're not wanting to do college and you're wanting to get into a career field that does something amazing, check out that field. And it's really about awareness and education. Yeah,
0: Karen, what happened to this field? Because our parents, your parents, I'm a little older than you and our parents. I knew a lot of folks that were in manufacturing, whether they owned it, whether they were manager, whether they worked, some worked at Ford, they were making big dough. I mean, they had great lives, great homes, toys, cabins up north. And it seems like a generation or two has kind of forgotten, you know, how good a life you can have if you don't want to go to college.
1: You know, it's funny because, you know, I've had friends that went to work for automotive when they got out of high school. I had worked there a couple summers before they graduated high school. They're retired now. I'm not (laughs) of an age to be retired. And I laugh and I'm like, they're retired and on their second career. They now know what they want. They're making an amazing amount of money, but it's play money. So they get to do all those fun things. And so, you know, I really think that it's the awareness of showcasing all the opportunities that we have. We have things that businesses and community schools are coming together to really showcase what there is to offer in our communities, but also training people to figure out what's going on in the world. It's a big place out there and teaching people that there are a lot of skills that are needed everywhere. We're
0: talking with Kara Beer, who is the president of the Battle Creek Chamber of Commerce when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how business and manufacturing have changed, how business has changed in the last 10 years. We'll do that next. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Health plan is local for 35 years. We've been a part of your community and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. Welcome back to Media Business. We're talking with Kara Beer. Kara. I recently heard you speak at an event and you talked a little bit about how much business has changed in the last 10 years from when you started at your post at the Battle Creek Chamber to now. Talk a little bit about that.
1: You know, business has changed from, you know, I always say before COVID and after COVID, you know, speaking in the last three years and how business has changed is you don't see typically those eight to five jobs where they're sitting behind a desk anymore. People are working from home, they're working from remote. I actually saw a commercial the other day of a woman sitting out on her balcony and it's like mountains in the background. And the woman said, You're supposed to be working from home. And she said, Home is wherever the Wi Fi is. So technology <laughs> has created this opportunity for people to be anywhere in the world and doing their job. And so it's really talking about that quality of life and how employers are able to bring in a quality of life to know that their jobs are being done. And it's just a difference of how we are making these communities quality of life. What is there to do? People want the cost of living to be of a good field. I watched an episode of, I think it was 60 Minutes. And I think this is the one thing that we were talking about, Tony. And it was a lot of the gig workers, as well as technology and financial industries out of California. Folks are mass exiting that moving to like Bozeman, Montana, where there's open fields and mountains and gorgeous rivers and all of those. And Bozeman, Montana has had this major boom that now the cost of living in Bozeman, Montana, people who have lived there for five generations can't afford their fields. They can't afford their cattle farms because the cost of living has gone so high because of the infrastructure that was needed. To do that, things have just really changed in our world, and we have to be able to adapt. And every day is an adaptation. Things that were around ten years ago might not be around anymore. They've enhanced. Things have changed. You know, when I graduated from high school and college, you know, people thought my parents, being one of them, my parents were like, "Oh, you're already moving to a new job," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, it's my career path. I'm moving on." About five years ago, we had a national study, and they were saying that kids that were graduating. In like 2016, will have 17 career changes. That's a huge amount of changes in what they are doing and the paths that they're taking. Think about all of the jobs that will happen within that. And so just knowing that you talk about your parents, Tony, I'm betting your mom and your dad worked in one field their whole life and one job and retired from that first job they ever had. My parents are the same way. That isn't the case anymore. And as a world, we need to understand that. We need to know that people are going to move throughout their career path. Cara, how much
0: did the business climate in the state of Michigan change from when Donald Trump was president going through COVID to where we are now? (sighs) Lots. Yeah. And I guess my question is, how much does politics change business?
1: Politics changes business because one Business is always looking at how do we advance the agenda for pro-business. And a lot of times we get in our own way, meaning we think that a process is going to enhance the ability for us to do business, but in reality, it might be hindering that. So really looking at policies and procedures and how do we actually make pro-business? How do we make things beneficial to all concerned, not just one person? And so business changes quite a bit when it comes to politics. And so we're constantly having to look at how do we make sure that the best interest of all people in this scenario are being taken care of from, you know, looking at ways of I'm trying to think of an example that would work in this scenario, you know, in regards to infrastructure or shipping or taxes being put on to cargo and shipping units to trade agreements to things like that. Those are all things that we have to be looking at that are big picture because they impact those small people, those independent folks locally here in the state of Michigan.
0: Finally, I want to get your take on how do you think the media does? How do you think we in the media do when it comes to covering business, covering business news? Are we good? Are we bad? What's your take?
1: You know, really, you know, I look at that. And one of the things that we learned at the chamber here to take a look at is, We as a society and business owners, we're not really good about telling our story. And so we have become better at storytelling and telling the story of our businesses and the impact that they have and really telling them, why are we doing this? Why are we in business? Really getting to get that personal appeal. And so when I look at media, we always know that the negativity sells. And that's the storyline that's going. So we as a chamber are looking at the positivity. So what positive things can we share among everybody who would be of concern and learning who we need to be building those relationships with?
0: Well, and as you know, we in the media tend to, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. So when the bad things are happening, you don't hear enough about the good things that are happening. What can we in the media do to better tell them the business story?
1: absolutely and so but you know it's a two-way street because what we find is our businesses also struggle with telling their own story to making sure that they know that the reason why they're doing it is to tug at somebody's heartstrings what is your story going to do to the person listening on the other end how do you share your story why are you in business and making sure that people aren't afraid to tell that story making sure that people know that hey i have a fear this might happen to us in our first year how do i change that There are many people like you. So really relying on others to help tell your story, share the good news.
0: What's your take on the media when you see the news, when you hear the news? What do you think?
1: Some days it's heavy on my heart, but also like if I hear media and they're covering a story, I find that the stories that I find the most interesting are the ones that make me think I would love to have a cup of coffee with that person. Or I'd love to know more about that story. What were they feeling in that moment? How do I get to know that person and that leadership in that moment, or in any moment? And so, those are my media stories that I love to hear. You know, we were talking about there are certain leaders in this state and Battle Creek that you just look at them and you know how I would love to know more about that person. How do they make the decisions that they make? Why did they get in the field that they're in? You know, I think of Nicole Williams. At the airport, she's a phenomenal person. And she is one person who you would want to sit there and have a cup of coffee with and just talk. And we have some great senators. We've got some great politicians in this community just to hear why did you go into politics? Because really, who signs up for that?
0: Who <laughs> wants to go into
1: that? I mean, let's be real, but we need them. The world needs all of these people. And so, why aren't we doing a better job of understanding who these people are so that we can understand why they want to represent us?
0: We've been talking with Kara Beer, who's the president of the Battle Creek Chamber of Commerce. Kara, I know you're busy. I appreciate you so much. Thank you.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business, and this is the Michigan Business Network. See you next time.